In today's gospel, Jesus teaches about service. And this immediately brings to mind Dr. Theodore Marrier, for whom today's Mass is offered. His devoted service over so many decades to both church and music touched and transformed lives beyond counting. I know this not just from decades at St. Paul's, but more especially from a critical time in my own life as a Harvard junior. Having been away from the church for some years, I came quietly in to the 11 o'clock Mass and taking a pew as close as possible to Dr. Marrier and the choir, I allowed myself to be transformed by beauty week after week until the church became my home. Now to today's gospel. As the text opens, two of Jesus' closest disciples, James and John, are in what is, from a moral and spiritual point of view, an astonishingly wrong-headed, dangerous place. And Jesus shows them, and us, the way out of it, the way to blessedness and eternal life in a very direct, practical teaching about power and service, about what it means to have power and what it means to serve. Here's the starting off point. James and John say to Jesus, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Now, by calling him teacher, they seem to be admitting at the outset that Jesus is the guide and they are the followers. But their question turns this relationship upside down. We'll decide what is right. We'll propose what we want, and you, Jesus, are to follow up. You make it happen. Does this sound familiar? How often do we pray to God for an outcome that we've chosen already? God, let me have that job. Make my children successful. Take those troublesome people out of my life. And beyond this, we're all living with this crack-brained modern assumption lodged somewhere in all of our minds that the good life means having many choices and few constraints and getting as much of what we want as possible. And if we're not saying this to God, we are saying it to life or fortune or something. We are saying, do for us whatever we ask of you. We're right there with James and John. Last week, next week, all the time. If the question that James and John ask here is true to life, so is what they ask for. They have a sense that there is going to be glory and power and honor around Jesus perhaps a complete transformation of the world as we know it. Do they ask, how can we prepare to be worthy to be part of this? No. They want to have all the power and honor they can, 
everything that will puff them up when the time comes. They want to be, so to speak, Jesus's prime ministers, sitting at his right and left in the kingdom of the future. So notice what happens when James and John rely completely on what they want when they make decisions about how to go forward in life. First, they misunderstand completely their own situation, the reality that is right in front of them and what they are asking for. Jesus has already told them right before this that humiliation and suffering are what lie ahead, at least in the near term. And so in a delicious irony, we who hear the gospel know that soon Jesus will in fact have two men as, at his right and left, the criminals crucified with him, not James and John. And then second, what they ask for is a recipe for disaster. All it brings on is the jealousy and resentment of the other apostles. So James and John show us where a life of self-will leads, into moral and spiritual blindness and into bad, often disastrous choices. And then Jesus points the way out, the way all of us desperately need to go if we want to get out of this rut of self-will. He offers a teaching about power and about service. But to understand him clearly, we need to stop and reflect for a moment about what power and service really are. Power. This in itself is something morally and spiritually neutral. It's just the capacity to do things and make them happen, whether with objects or with people. And we have all seen and experienced good power exercised by parents or managers or teachers or leaders of various kinds. And we also know the bad power exercised from time to time by the same cast of characters. So what's the difference? It's really very simple. The good power is exercised for the good of others, and the bad use of power hurts them. And the people who make a bad use of power are usually trying to puff up themselves at someone else's expense. This is what James and John want, to lord it over the apostles and perhaps even to lord it over the whole world. So there is good power and bad power. And the difference is not in how satisfied or tickled the powerful one is, but in whether and how the power serves the good of others. Which brings us to service. And here too, there is good service and bad service. One bad kind of service is working yourself to the bone for no good purpose or allowing yourself to be exploited just because maybe you think you're not worth anything better or you're too timid to protest. 
This is a kind of servility that is really nothing more than self-abasement. But that is not real service. It's just giving in to the whims of whoever may have power at the moment. It's an offense, really, against basic justice and human dignity and our calling to share in the divine life. And there is another kind of bad service, which on the surface doesn't look like service at all, but actually is a kind of slavery. This is the attitude that masquerades as freedom, endless choice, doing whatever I want according to my own desires at the moment. We saw where this leads in the gambit by James and John in today's gospel, into spiritual and moral blindness, into puffed-up emptiness, jealousy, and conflict. Although it masquerades as freedom, this is really a bad kind of service, slavery really, slavery to blind impulse, slavery to the desires of the moment, slavery to misguided ideas. So what is the good kind of service? It begins with a recognition. We are all servants. We all serve one or more masters. We can dream about being autonomous individuals who make it up as we go along, but the truth is we are always following directives from somewhere, from our social consciousness or instincts or dark forces or the light of God's grace. These are our masters. We do not make them up and we cannot wish them away, but we can and must choose. We are servants but we can choose our master. As Jesus says elsewhere, we can choose to serve God or mammon, one or the other, not both. So, choice in service. And this necessarily points us in two directions. First, there's what we might call the vertical part of the choice. We can choose to be, to be guided by God's grace as revealed through the Bible and the Church's teachings, as experienced through the sacraments, as discerned in prayer. We can serve God. And this service turns out to be the way of freedom, of freedom from blind impulse and temptation and the trap of bad habits. In fact, service to God brings real freedom, freedom to live more deeply and joyfully in accord with our destiny as children of God. And then there is the horizontal direction of good service. We can choose to serve the good of others, not the empty puffing up of ourselves, but what can truly build up the dignity and well-being of those around us. Through charity, through practical aid, through witness to justice and truth. This good service 
turns out as well to bring freedom. Freedom from the trap of self-involvement for us. Freedom from uh, greater evils for those we serve. So now we can bring power and service together. Look at it this way. We can exercise power well ourselves. We can recognize good power around us when power is a means for service. Power not as a road to some kind of self-aggrandizement, not as an end in itself, but as a means, a means for service, and specifically for the good service, for serving God and others. Jesus himself is the example. This is where he ends today's teaching in the gospel about power and service. He says, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus puts the infinite power of God into service, service to God's loving will and service to a suffering and sin-laden humanity. The Christian life calls us into ever deeper encounter with this all-powerful, utterly serving and self-giving God in Jesus. But as we leave here today, nourished by Christ's body and blood and returning to the everyday lives where we wrestle again and again to discern the way of power in service, I would like to leave you with two brief practical reflections that may serve as signposts. The first is this. The way of self-giving service to which Jesus calls us is not a way of success and comfort and ease. I don't mean it is grim. On the contrary, this self-giving brings joy and eternal life. But suffering is part of it, too. And it means taking away that the world does not encourage or often even approve of. And so in the face of that, we need to pray, we need to help one another, persevere, trust in the truth, and not lose heart. Today, tomorrow, this week. The second point is a practical suggestion. We discern every day through prayer and reflection and ordinary snap decisions about power and service as we live it in our everyday world. Whom are we really serving? How is power being exercised by those around us and by ourselves? With these very specific questions, it always helps to apply the double love command that Jesus gives us. Am I loving God with my whole heart? And am I loving my neighbor 
as myself. So here is the practical suggestion. I propose to us, to myself and to you, to look with special care this week at our own exercises of power and service, great or small, and ask this, am I loving God with my whole heart in this? And am I loving my neighbor as myself? And may God go with us. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please consider supporting us by visiting stpaulparish.org. That's stpaulparish.org. God bless and see you next time.